0: in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us. So be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney.
1: I don't know about you, but I love being in church. Just by a round of applause. Anybody with me? I love being in church. Love it. There's no other place to be. I'd rather be in church than 10,000 other places. I was telling some people yesterday at a funeral we had here at Calvary Chapel. I told some people yesterday, I said, you know, it's better to be in church. And according to the Bible, it is better to be at a funeral than to be at a festival. Man, those people are looking at me like I lost my mind. I said, it's better to be at a funeral than be at a festival because Ecclesiastes 7, verse 2, Solomon said just that. It's better for you to be in a funeral than be at a party because in a funeral, it is at that point that you come to realize face-to-face the finality of life and the reality that every single one of us is going to die someday. When you're at a party, you ain't think about dying. Not unless you're crazy. (laughs) But you're not thinking about dying, you're partying. It's better to be in the house of the Lord than any other place, saints. Come to church. Did you hear me? Come to church. You be blessed. God will speak to you. That's what David said. I desire to be in the house of the Lord. Well, saints, back to our study. Notice, while they are in Jerusalem, did you get this? Mary and Joseph lost the Messiah. <laughs> did you get that? Now, get the scene. Here you go. They're leaving Jerusalem. The women are walking ahead. The men are walking behind, talking in fellowship, probably about the great time they had in Jerusalem. Children are walking behind them. And Mary and Joseph are thinking that Jesus is with the family, or Jesus is with the company. So finally, Joseph said, "Hey, Mary, where's uh, Jesus?" And Joseph said, and Mary said, "I, I thought you had him." And jo- Joseph said, "No, I thought you had him. He was with." And Mary's like, "Joseph, you are always losing things. Because <laughs> women got a steel trap memory." Women, remember, fellas, listen, ladies, put your fingers in your ear. <laughs> fellas, women got a steel trap memory. They remember stuff. <laughs> and me and I were talking, and we get into some loud fellowship. <laughs> Hallelujah. We get into some loud fellowship. Y'all need to write that down. Take that one with you. That was a freebie. <laughs> we get into some loud fellowship. And I'm telling you, that woman pulled stuff out from way back when. She's like, I remember back in 1982, it was 7.30 at night on the couch in the living room. You said this and I said that. And she goes, oh, I'm like, I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, you said it. Honey, I don't. was I even alive then? I don't even know what you're talking about. Women just remember stuff. I don't know how they do it. So Mary's like, Joseph, Jesus was with you. And of course, Mary and Joseph are probably thinking, great, of all the human beings on earth, God entrusted us with the Messiah and we lose him. (laughs) So they're searching all over for him and they couldn't find him for three days. And they search up and down, back and forth and saints, listen, my heart goes out to them. Parents, how scary is that? You can't find your child. You told them to go outside and play on the sidewalk and you go out there an hour later and they're not there. And you go around looking for them and they are not there and you can't find them and you can't sleep. I'm sure Mary and Joseph didn't sleep. They didn't eat. They're probably calling missing persons, probably Amber Alert. Maybe it was Mary Alert then. I don't know. But they can't sleep, they're upset, and they're probably waiting for, they're probably laying in the bed just waiting for the angel to show up because every time something happens, the angel shows up. And they're like, I'm sure the angel's coming one of these old nights. I just know it, three nights went by, I just know they're laying there and they're thinking the angel's gonna come and go, okay, what'd you do with him? They don't know. They don't know where he is. The saints, listen, there is a good, great, listen, application for us here today. Because there are many people, listen, who go to church and are never born again. There are many people who join the church in membership through some tradition. There are many people who attend church and they're religious and yet they're born again and they don't have a relationship with Jesus. And just like Mary and Joseph, they assume that Jesus is traveling with the company and they assume that Jesus was with them only to find out at the end of the journey that he's not there and he's never been there. Huh? And there are many saved people. Are you listening? There are many Christian people, saved people, I see it over and over again, who lose Jesus. What do you mean, Rodney? Listen, I'm not talking about losing your salvation. Listen to me. I see it over and over and over again in the church. We get saved. We're born again. We're excited about the Lord. We're excited to go to church. We're excited about worship. We're excited to get in a Bible study. We feel the presence of God moving. We feel God working in our lives. And then somewhere along the path, we've been growing and we've been doing just fine. But somewhere along the path, we lose him and we become religious, religious, And we become sanctified and we become holy and we become spiritual (laughs) because we get a little bit of knowledge. I'm not talking to anybody here. I'm just talking. I know it's not you. Because we get a little bit of knowledge about Jesus or, you know, you've been walking with the Lord for some time and God's blessed you and you know the things of God. And then all of a sudden you get religious and you get sanctified and you start becoming pharisaical in your attitude. And when you become a Pharisee and you become religious, let me tell you something. You just lost the Messiah. Because I'm going to tell you something about Jesus. You read your Bible. He never has been religious. Jesus is not into religion. This is a misnomer in the world. People are like, oh, well, <laughs> I'm so glad you found religion. Listen, I didn't find religion, I got a relationship. Jesus was in a, Jesus didn't tell anybody, come follow the Baptists. He didn't say, follow the Lutherans. He didn't say, follow the Methodists. He didn't say, follow the Calvary Chapelites. I don't know, some folks think, oh, y'all, what church you go to? Well, i go to this church. Oh, yeah, I ain't teaching verse by verse? Well, no. well y'all, <laughs> boy, y'all, y'all not really in the word, I mean, at all. <laughs> You're not teaching verse by verse like we do at Calvary. People get like that. Don't be like that. Calvary Chapel, although it is the most fantastic church I've ever been <laughs> although it is a wonderful blessing to all of the people of God. (laughs) Calvary Chapel is not the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And now I want you to clap your hands. Would you do that? Because he is. And we have to be careful that we don't find ourselves becoming religious, becoming spiritual, expecting people to be where you are, where you've been walking with the Lord for 25 years, they've been walking with the Lord for 25 days, and you start looking down your nose at them because they're not where you are. And when you are like that, you've lost Jesus. Religious people have lost Jesus. Don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about licentious living. I'm not talking about doing whatever you want and living any kind of way you want. I'm not talking about taking God's grace and using it as a cloak of maliciousness and loose living. But I am saying that we have to be careful that we don't find ourselves becoming so religious that we, in in fact lose the Messiah. Mary and Joseph lost a whole day of fellowship with Jesus because they supposed them to be in the company and they took for granted something of which they should have made sure of. Notice in verse 46 in your Bibles, after three days, are you looking at verse 46? If you're looking at it, say, I'm looking at it. Well, after three days, they find Jesus and he's sitting in the midst of the teachers. And again, Here's my sanctified imagination. I wonder who was there. Maybe Nicodemus was there. You remember John chapter 3 when Nick came to Jesus at night? Nick at night? Sorry. I have to do that. And Jesus said to him, Nick, you must be born again. It's very possible that Nicodemus was sitting right there and Nicodemus knew Jesus when he was 12. That's very possible. And then many, many years later, he sees this same Jesus and Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus tries to figure it out. Jesus says, don't try to figure it out. You can't even figure out where the wind goes, where it comes from and where it goes. You can't understand the things of the spirit. What you need to know is that you need to be born again, Nick. He could have been there. And then Saul of Tarsus. Well, he could have been there. Why? Why? Because he was a member of the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court. Gamaliel could have been there. Who was he? Well, Gamaliel was Paul's teacher. It was Gamaliel who said the only problem he had with Paul as a student was that he couldn't keep him in enough books to read because he'd give him a book and he'd just eat it up. He'd just eat it up. Paul was incredibly bright. So Jesus is sitting there listening to them and asking them questions and look at verse 47. And they are listening to him and asking him questions. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his answers. This would be like a junior higher discussing physics with Einstein saints. And in the midst of all of that, did you get this? Mary walks up and she says, boy, where have you been? (laughs) Did y'all get that? She walks up, boy, we've been looking, oh, oh, where have you been? And she embarrasses the Messiah right in front of all the teachers. See, Mary's my kind of mom. My mom was like that. My mom was like that. Listen, she coming next, next Sunday. So don't tell her I was talking about her. Mama, let me tell you something. Mama, I'm, I think folk need to get back to the old school. My mom was like this. You embarrass her in public, she will embarrass you in public. I see these kids nowadays in the supermarket screaming and crying. Y'all all seen them? I've seen them. I want to go up and say, ma'am, if you don't handle that, I'm going to roll him out of here. See, <laughs> like, who are you? I'm the pastor of the church down the street. I'm going to roll him. I can't. He's screaming and hollering because she won't give him the cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And the boy's falling out and the mom says, now Johnny, 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 this is a new school moms. Johnny, Johnny, oh now, look, we're gonna take, now you're gonna, stop, stop, we're gonna take you to the car and you're gonna get time out. Yeah, you're, you're gonna put him in the car, you're gonna just stay there until you learn to behave. Shoot. You try that with my mother. I mean, do You fall out of my mother in the supermarket. My mom will fight you right there. you be screaming, I want the Cocoa Pops! I want the Cocoa She said, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh! My mom, did, anybody know what I'm talking about? Y'all know, we from the old school. My mom, no, here was, her, here was her favorite. Here was her favorite, y'all. I told y'all, this third survey, they don't tell them what's going to happen. Okay, my mom's favorite. You fall out on my mother, she would, Gertrude love her shoes. When y'all, when y'all see her next week, Just say, hey girl, you like them shoes, don't you? (laughs) My mom would, you falling out, I want to go-go pubs, I want to go. My mom said, she take that shoe off, you'd be like, ah. (laughs) My mom, she wasn't like all these new school moms and carrying on. You embarrass her in public, she will embarrass you. And get ugly, she walk out all tore up, clothes all. Nowadays, you do something like that, somebody be, well, for child protection agency, you need to go, you won't get that boy him Cocoa Puffs, you're a bad mother. you you be like, well, shoot, I'll tell you what, I my, here's what he was saying, anybody know what I'm talking about? This is the very mother thing. I bought you in this world, and I'll take you out. <laughs> anybody? <laughs> I can keep it. I could keep you here all day with Gertrude stories. She tell you in a minute. You want to see Jesus? <laughs> you want to see him? You gonna see him? All right, keep talking. <laughs> I think Mary was an old school, Mom. Where have you been? We've been looking all over. And then in verse 49, okay, I got to come in for Lenny. Look at verse 49. The first recorded words of Jesus, as I told you, he said, didn't you know you could find me about my father's business? I must be about my father's business. This word must in the Greek language, listen, it's like a term of constraint. As if God the father had gotten a hold of his heart, probably at the feast in Jerusalem, And God took him and God shook him. And Jesus is saying, I was constrained to be about my father's business. And they didn't really get it. They didn't get what Jesus was saying. And then in verse 51, Jesus went with his parents. Notice the Bible says that he was subject. Are you looking at verse 51? That he was subject to them. Jesus, get this. If you don't get anything else I'm saying, please hear me. Jesus, who was God, submitted to his parents, which takes away all of our excuses why we don't submit to our parents. And I'm not talking about just kids, I'm not talking about just youth. If you have a parent alive, you are to honor them and submit to them. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. It's true. You submit and you, let me tell you something. I have never in all of my years disrespected my mother. I would not do it. You know why I won't do it? For one, she would go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I might see Jesus. So I wasn't ready to see him. So I would never disrespect my mother. And not only that, But I love my mother and I honored my mother and I respected my mother. And we're to honor and we're to respect our parents. Jesus was subject to them. And the reason, listen to me, the reason Jesus was subject to them was because he was subject to the father. Father. You ought to be subject to your mother or to your father because you are subject or submitted to the father, not because they're the best parents in the world, not because they do everything right, but because God has given to them honor. Remember, honor thy mother and father. We Christians say that we believe that all power, all honor, and all glory belong to God. Do we all believe that? And if all power and all glory, I was telling the guys in the barbershop yesterday, I do get my hair cut. It ain't that much, but I do. All honor, all power, all glory belongs to God, and God chooses to share some of that honor with folks here on earth. The president's honor comes from God. Any official, elected official, if this power comes from God. And the honor that parents have, because the Bible says to honor your mother and father, God has chosen to give them a little bit of that honor. God has done that. And therefore, we're to do it as unto God. Now, teenagers think they know everything. Don't shout me down. But teenagers think they know everything. Here we have in our text a teenager who did know everything, and he submitted to his father. And he submitted to his mother. Are you with me? He did know everything. And then the Bible tells us, I got to close. I could talk to y'all all day. He increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. Listen, here's a takeaway for you. Here's a takeaway. Take this home. Nothing else matters except Finding Jesus and staying close to him. That we can take away. Nothing else matters. And be careful because we can ever so subtly find ourselves drifting away and we lose the Messiah. Find ourselves drifting away into religiosity find ourselves drifting away into legalism, find ourselves drifting away into harshness and a character that is not like Christ. We need to do everything we can to stay close to Jesus and allow him to work in our lives and obey the word of God. Do you know, again, never disrespect my mother, even when I wasn't a Christian, I didn't respect my mother. Just didn't, didn't, didn't disrespect my mother. And I remember my mom used to always tell me. I'm talking about it now because I ain't going to say nothing next week. I ain't saying a mumbling word. And my mom used to always tell me. She used to say, God's going to bless you. she sit me down. Ronnie. come here i tell you my nickname, but I ain't, I ain't telling y'all. She used to tell me, come here, sit down. She used to look at me, and grab my face. And she told me, God's going to bless you. And I didn't know what she was talking about, honestly. I mean, I'm like, what do you mean God's going to bless me? And she, was, she became a Christian and it was so radical. She didn't become a Christian until I was 15 and she left for work one day, and she wasn't a Christian, and she came home that night, and she was some like radical Jesus freak. I mean, seriously, she will tell you I was freaked out. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what did you do with my mother? Who are you, alien person? Because she left for work one day, got on the trolley, She was not a Christian. She saw a church. The Holy Spirit told her to get off the trolley and to go into that church. And a woman pastor led her to the Lord. My mother has been a Christian ever since. She came home that night. I'm going to wait because I'm excited about that too. And she came home that night. I'm telling you, that woman was different. She looked different. She used to wear pants and smoke and all of those kinds of things. She stopped everything. She stopped wearing pants. She started wearing dresses and all this stuff. And she just started acting all different and weird. And I wasn't a Christian, so to me, it was super weird. And then she started telling me God's going to bless me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't know. what, What do you mean? God's got a great work. Then she started having dreams and visions that I was going to be a minister. (laughs) Now listen, I know y'all got to go, but uh, um, with nothing funnier than that, I'm going to be a minister? Y'all remember I started doing drugs when I was nine years old. She's looking at me telling me I'm going to be a minister. I was high then. I thought she said... I'm just keeping it real, y'all forgive me. I thought she said I was going to be a mister. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you're going to be a minister. God's going to bless you. And I didn't know. But I think what she meant now, I'm going to ask her. I'll call her a night. I'm going to ask her, when you said that, did you say that because I love my mom? And I honored my mom, and I never disrespected my mother, ever. And I never would, because all in all, she was a good mom. She did everything she could to take care of her two boys. She was a great mom. We need to love people where they are. Accept them where they are today. Don't be so harsh. Don't be so critical. Because you're never being more unlike Jesus when you are harsh and critical, and religious, you're losing the Messiah.
0: You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times,